Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Um, I have the privilege of continuing in our Love One series. And uh, what I'm going to be talking about today is, I'm calling it powerful words, but we're actually going to be talking about encouraging words. How many of you guys have ever been in a situation where maybe the scenario or circumstance that you found yourself in, and somebody came up and said something to you that was like a glass of ice cold water on a hot day or medicine for something that was sore. How many of you experienced that before? Isn't that like the best thing in the world when that takes place? Out of nowhere, somebody walks up, says something, a note. It could be the simplest of things. And yet it has a profound, a profound change in the way we see things or the way we're looking at things. And, And by that just simple little encouraging word, exactly what was supposed to happen happens where we're encouraged. But I want us to see today, and my hope is that we would recognize how powerful encouraging words are. The ability to change the way we view things, to see things from a different perspective. We could be going through something really difficult or circumstances that we're facing. We'd be going through a pandemic or or something crazy and 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 the smallest little encouragement word that somebody came up with and shared it with you alters or switches our perspective. And I think now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be used by God to do this, to give an encouragement word to somebody. As Greg was saying, we've got these Christmas cards and there's a box in there and we're gonna do something with that a little bit later. But I think now more than ever, there's people all around us in the workplace, in our neighborhoods that are going through or have come through a difficult moment and they're looking for hope. They're looking for encouragement. And God has created you to be that person that gets to share that with them. There's something that takes place when somebody recognizes you, when somebody acknowledges something that you've accomplished, when someone takes the time to say it and inspires you, something changes, something shifts, and all of a sudden the difficulty or the molasses that we're stuck in, all of a sudden we can start walking again. Such a beautiful picture. So when we talk about these these powerful words, I want us to look at Proverbs 25, 11, because I, I think this begins to speak of what these are like. And Proverbs 25, 11 says this, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. The message translation says it this way, the right word at the right time is like a custom made piece of jewelry. Apples of gold. Tell me like a couple apples of gold. I mean, that's, that'd be heavy, right? Apples of gold and setting in silver. A custom-made piece of jewelry. There was a jeweler that I knew uh, in California when I lived there who always made jewelry and came up. And any of the pieces that you would look at, they were very unique. And so on occasion, when I would trying to find something to bless Michelle with, I'd go visit there and he'd have the stuff you know, that everyone looks at. And I said, bring me the, bring me the weird stuff. You know, bring me, bring me the unique stuff. And I'm gonna put something on my wife's bracelet or, or on her wrist or on a ring or a neck that someone's gonna go, wow, where did you get that? And nothing was the same. And the ones that, that I was able to, to purchase for her, people would make comments, but there's something unique about a custom-made piece of jewelry. And this is what Proverbs is telling us. 
See, when you think of a, a piece of jewelry, it's different. People notice it. It stands out. It's unique. But what could be more beautiful, precious, and expensive than custom-made jewelry? The right word at the right time. The right word at the right time. Because jewelry is beautiful and you can look at it, but I'm telling you, when I think back of the words that have been spoken to me, there's moments that it changed my trajectory for a very long time. Even today, I still remember those. Even today, I still look at those encouraging words, prophetic words, whatever they may be, but they became powerful because of the situation I was in and the way that God used someone to deliver that. And sometimes the person who delivered it, they don't even know. They don't know, but it had a profound impact. I want to share three quick verses out of Proverbs as well, because I, I just want us to really understand how powerful this is. And so Proverbs 10, 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little value, choice silver. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of full gushes folly. In those, there's, there's many more, but in those, it talks about our tongue being like choice silver. Our tongue, the words we say bringing healing, the words we, we say bringing knowledge to those that we speak it to. See, I kind of believe that words plus truth brings a new outlook. And this is what we're going to look at. An encouragement word. What is it? It's words and truth, and it brings a new outlook. It gives us, the ones who receive it, the ability to hear it, to be encouraged. And when we mix a little bit of truth in there, man, it becomes super powerful and it brings us to a place of a new outlook. Something shifts, something's a little different that takes place. And the truth could be something out of scripture. It could be something that the Lord whispered in your ear. It could be something that you read. But when those things come together, man, it's explosive. Let me share a couple things. So 44 years ago, my mom changed my outlook in a situation that has had lasting impact through a word of encouragement. 44 years ago, I can still play the whole picture in my mind of my mom talking to this, about this situation. Let me give you a little background about my mom. Um, my grandmother was from Mazatlan, Mexico. And so my mom, uh, love her dearly, um, passed away about 22 years ago, but she was a little Mexican fireball. Loved her. She stood for us. She stood up for us. She, I mean, the love that came for her was amazing. Uh, just to give you a little context, there was one time I used to play baseball, a sports kid, and I was playing baseball one time. And I, I got frustrated, and the umpire rung me up on strike three, and it was really outside because I have a better view, right? And he, you know, it wasn't just like strike three. It was like, you know, one of those big, just hounding. And so when he got done, I, I, I don't remember how old I was, if, if I was 10. And I just looked at him. I said, that was a trash call. And I turned around and I started walking away. And I could, he said, son, son, and he's walking behind me. And I'm big and bad, you know. I, I go in the dugout and I sit down and he looks at me and he goes, you're out of the game. And I looked at him and all of a sudden, I heard footsteps. And I looked, and my mom had made her way down from the stands onto the field in the dugout, and she's coming down the dugout at me. I was not afraid of the umpire whatsoever at this moment. 
And she came up to me and she smacked my mouth. Bam. We don't disrespect people like that. And I was just in shock. All the guys on the bench were like, no one's laughing. I mean, the whole place was silent. And the umpire walked away. My mom walks back up. That's, that's kind of how my mom was. She wanted to raise us right. She wanted us to treat people right. She wanted us to, to be careful with the things that we spoke. Being, my mom was from Mexico. It, it, the, I would have been better with the shoe, her warachi flying across the room, hit me in the back of the head, than coming down and smacking my mouth in front of all the friends. But my mom really expected a lot out of us in a good way. And she, she wanted to make sure that we, we rode this, this, this road. So 44 years ago, my mom said this to me, and it being adoption month, I, I thought this would be good to share. Um, I had learned I was, I was adopted, and, um, and so I was at school one day, and I thought it would be a good time to tell all the people at school that I was adopted. You know, it's a unique thing, it's kind of cool. So I remember sharing it, and it didn't really go over as well as I had planned. And then when recess came around, um, all of a sudden everyone started telling me what they thought about me being adopted. Teased me, ridiculed me, said all kinds of things. And I remember going home, and that day I went home crying. It was like the fifth, fourth or fifth grade. And I went home crying, I was really upset because I thought this was something unique. And I went in and my mom said, what are you crying about? And so I, I told her, I said, you know, something, these guys, you know. I said, they made fun of me because I was adopted. And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, they said all these things. And my mom goes, Shh. She goes, you were adopted? She goes, but let me tell you something. You were chosen. She said, all, all the, yeah. She said, you were chosen. She goes, all the kids that were making fun of you, their parents were stuck with them. <laughs> so guess what happened the next day at school? <laughs> right? That phrase, you were chosen. And my mom painted a picture of we had all of these babies that we could choose from. And we looked down and we were thinking, no, no, and all these pictures. And she said, and then we saw you and we said, we want that one. That's, that's my son. And for 44 years, when my mom said that, I never had an issue with rejection about being adopted. I never, that solidified something. It changed my outlook on life. And it was something that I knew from that. I don't need to be embarrassed about. And it honestly, when, when I learned about Jesus later on in life and that he chose me, it clicked and made sense for me because I was chosen by my mom and I was also chosen by Jesus. It's amazing truth. 44 years, a simple encouragement word in a difficult time as a young boy. My mom said, you were chosen. And it stuck. Recently, Michelle and I received a text. We used to do youth ministry back, way back in, the, in, the, in 1910. No, in, <laughs> honestly, like 27 years ago. And one of our youth that was in our youth ministry at the time found us on Facebook. She said, oh my gosh, did you guys used to do youth ministry in California, blah, 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 this is what? I said, yeah, that's us. She's like, oh my gosh, I've been looking at, for you forever. You changed my life. I was like, what? So she went on to talk and this is what she said. She goes, I have never forgot the conversation I had with your wife. 
She was going through a very difficult time with school and family, and after a youth time, Michelle took time to speak with her, and she said, this, Michelle told me, you are so special, and God loves you, and he's gonna give you the desires of your heart. She said this, I have replayed those words she spoke over me thousands of times. And that night, I had no idea that it was gonna change my life forever. We didn't find this out till 27 years later. See, this is what's amazing, the power of an encouragement word, something as simple as God loves you, he's gonna give you the desires of your heart. He's never gonna leave you nor forsake you. The simple truth of the gospel put into words and given to a young lady, and 27 years later, she's still living off that truth. There are words you've spoken to other people, I guarantee you, they're living off that even today. And there's people that God's lined up that are waiting for us to give those words of hope to, those words of truth, that encouragement word. And it doesn't, as Greg said, it doesn't have to be lofty. It doesn't have to be, you know what? I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for being like this. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for, it could be something as simple as you recognizing something they did that benefited you and you speak to them and say, thank you so much powerful impact that someone could carry. Because I don't know about you, but every time I wander around the world for a little while, most people aren't saying encouraging things. I recently had the opportunity, actually recently, yesterday, had the opportunity as a fundraiser for our softball team to do concessions at the UGA uh, Georgia Tech game. It was cool. 57,000 fans on wanting hot dogs and drinks. I never saw one play of the game. We were in this, we had a line for a half an hour long the whole time. Open the gate, line. <laughs> Game's over, no one's on the field, no line. We ran out of everything. So afterwards we were talking and look, there were some great scenarios and there's some tough scenarios and I was speaking with one of the, um, the register workers on the other side and they said, so how many tips did you get? What? What do you mean tips? I said, did you put a jar out or something? You know? They said, no, just people gave us tips. I said, the only tip I got was from a guy who got really mad that I said, hey, we're not serving any more beer. It wasn't a very nice one either. She said, no, there's tips. There's, you know, and what I'm finding is that there's a world full of people waiting for a word of hope, a word of encouragement, so that 20 years from now, they're still living off of that. Because they're all around us, they're at your workplace. They're in your neighborhood. And look, I, I'm, I'm gonna be, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you're a pastor, that's easy for you. No, sometimes I, I like, write an encouragement to my neighbor, I'm like, okay, what am I gonna write? We all pull into our garage, shut the garage behind you, and we go in our house. I don't really know them. Actually, if you take a little time, we can, if I start to, Broaches subjects, if I stand out there, if I, if I make myself available. One time one of our neighbors had a garage door. I used to do garage door work and it was, you know, that scary look and your car's in there. If you haven't, hopefully you never experienced that. <laughs> garage door is broken, you can't get out, you're, you're stuck. And so I walked, I took that as an opportunity. I walked over there and I said, hey, do you need some help? And he's like, yeah, I don't know what to do. And I said, so I took my tools, did it, got it set up. And I said, you need to call a door company to come and fix it, but at least you can get out and go to work. Just a simple little thing like that. 
opens a door for me to be able to put an encouragement note together. It's not as difficult as we think, and it has profound effect. Let me give you one more example. You know, they say that some of the most stressful things in a person's life is a wedding, a funeral, a change of job, a birth of a child, or a new home. There was one year where Michelle and I were trying to do all five in one year, and we only got four, but we were close. We had my mom's funeral. I had a massive change in the job. We had the birth of our daughter, Hope, and we had just moved in to a new home. And it, it was a little rough, I'll be honest with you. A lot of things going on, a lot of stress. And someone came up to me and gave me a word, gave us a word, and they said, finish strong. I know this has been a tough year, but he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you and finish this year strong. It had been a difficult year. There had been a lot of things that were going on, but the word finishing strong reminded me of whose might and strength I get to do things in. And it changed my outlook. I didn't have to just drag myself to the end of the year hoping that some magical thing's gonna happen when you go from one year to the next. No, I chose that moment to go, you know what, we're gonna finish strong. Lord, what does finishing strong look like? And then we walk into that truth. You know, all through scripture, you can find people encouraging one another. Jesus did it, gave words of encouragement that changed outlooks. He did it for Peter. God did it. This is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased. All through scripture, you find all kinds of aspects of encouragement that takes place that the result of it brings a new outlook. And the power of those encouragement words change a person's life. So in doing so, I wanna look at I wanna look at one that Jesus did, and this is in John 8, one through 16. And I wanna read this, and I just wanna talk briefly about the encounter that Jesus had with the woman in this story, and look at how an outlook was changed because of encouragement words that he said. Listen to this, verse one. <clears throat> Oops. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people that people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And they kept on questioning him. He straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who's without sin to be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Let me pause there for a moment. What a crazy situation. What a crazy circumstance. They bring a woman to trap him, throw her in the middle and say, hey, what, what, what do you say? It says, the law of Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say, Jesus? And then it says they kept on asking, come on, Jesus, what would you do? Come on, you know, almost like this egging on, like we got you now, we've trapped you, you're, you're stuck now, you're gonna say something and it's gonna blow up in your face. And instead he says, hey, okay, let you, who has no sin, throw the first stone. All of a sudden, everything changed. People started thinking, 
dropping the rocks on the ground until everyone left and it was only Jesus and this woman. There's a whole bunch of stuff Jesus could have said. He could have said, you know what? You just got lucky. You better knock that off and get out of here. He could have said that, but that's not Jesus. He could have said, what were you thinking? I mean, all these questions, but what does Jesus say? Let's pick that up. Verse 10, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, no, sir, no one. He says, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. The one who had the ability to condemn, the one who had the ability to bring justice, the one who had the ability to say, this is your punishment. He asked the question, so where's all the accusers? No one's left. And Jesus says, then I don't condemn you either. Because that's not why he came. He didn't come to condemn. He came to seek and save. He came to love. He came to usher in a new covenant. And he says, go now and leave your life of sin. What happened in that moment when a woman caught in the dack that should be punished and be stoned walks away with the Son of Man saying, I don't condemn you either. Simple words. Jesus was one who encouraged. As I said, he did it with Peter. He did it with others. Where he brought a word of encouragement to them that brought a new outlook. And we have the ability to do that in the lives of other people all around us. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to do that. So let's bring a new outlook. Let me share a couple things with you. We know these passages. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more if you see the day approaching. I find this amazing because we're not supposed to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but to encourage one another. Part of us gathering together is for encouragement. Part of when we get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'll go so far as to say at the workplace, in your neighborhood, you're standing around around a Sunday morning is for the opportunity for us to encourage one another, to spur one another on. Why? Because when I walk around the world, they're not spending that much time encouraging me. Quick to point out faults, quick to laugh. But that's not us. We get to bring words of encouragement that are powerful to those around us. So like just we raised our hands saying, man, I remember those words that people have given to me that changed everything. They wanna experience that too, whether they know it or not. And also Romans 15 too, I love this one. It says, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. God's given us the ability. He's put in us the ability to encourage other people and then calls us, hey, build your neighbors up. And like I said, I know it can be awkward, break through the awkwardness. Because all the times when I think back of some of the words that people gave to me, didn't know me, called me out, walked by, said something, I watched you parent your kids, whatever it was, 
They broke through that awkwardness and I was extremely grateful because they did. And you can't worry about how a person responds or what they think, or if you're now the crazy neighbor or any of those things. We have to respond from the perspective of going, you know what, I have an opportunity to instill hope. I have an opportunity to speak life. I have this opportunity to encourage the people that I'm connecting with right now. And I'm gonna do it so that they can experience that new look, that different perspective. So this is what I want us to do in the weeks to come and consider a word of encouragement. I would even go so far as to say, pick a neighbor. Pick a neighbor and spend some time thinking about the neighbor and what you like about that neighbor. Ask the Lord to remind you of things because I believe that he will. Ask the Lord if he has anything he wants to share with them. And then to share it with them, to write it, to speak it, share it in some way. So on your seat, you have these cards and we're gonna spend a little time doing this. So if you have a pen, you'll need to break that out. And on the inside, you'll see this big open box. And what I'm gonna ask that we do is for the next five to seven minutes to just, first of all, just close your eyes and spend a little time thinking about who you would like to encourage. It can be anybody. There's, there, this is what's amazing. There's no wrong person that you could pit, pick to put here. Just spend some time and then consider a name. And when you get the name, then consider the person and then spend a moment writing down an encouragement, encouraging word to them. And like I said, speak the way you speak. Share the way you would share. Consider your workplace. Consider your neighborhood. Consider the places that you visit, coffee shop or whatever it would be. Consider your friends or family members. But let's just take a moment. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to take a moment for you to consider a person and then to write an encouragement note to them. And as Greg said, there's going to be more in the back so you can get more to do this. But I just thought it would be really good for us to spend this time. Sound good? All right, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today. And God, thank you that you, you're so kind to give us words to say, to remind us of situations and circumstances, to, to put into our minds who to encourage, what words to say. And so Father, this morning as we come to you, would you share with us those that you have crossing paths in our lives that we can encourage? from any of the spheres that we walk in. And Lord, would you give us a name and some words that we can use to encourage them and then give us the boldness to share this. And so Father, right now we just come, we listen to you and we ask that you would share your heart for these people. In Jesus' name. Let's take a moment to do this right now.
Before we close in prayer, you know, one of the beauties of the age that we live in, we have so many ways that we can communicate. The card that we gave you, but you also have the ability with your phone to text somebody, to email, so many different ways. And uh, I, I just wanna take a moment to pray over the cards and the names that we've received today. That, But um, it could be as easy as a text to someone, easy as words just spoken without writing it down. But I know for me, there's times when I've had it written down either in a text, email, or a card. Um, most of those I still have. I've tucked in a journal. And it's pretty sweet to go back and to read those and to be reminded of what the Lord has said. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the names that you've given us, for the people that you've put in our path that we have the privilege of encouraging. Father, I pray that as these cards go out, as the encouragement goes out, Lord, I just pray for a new outlook in Jesus' name. Lord, if people are facing difficulty in difficult circumstances, God, I pray that you would encourage them, that it would be a shift for them to be able to walk in a different direction. But Lord, for every person that reads every single one of these, God, may they be filled with life, be lifted up and to be encouraged. And so Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity. Lord, continue to put people in our paths and continue to remind us of those who need encouragement. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.